Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the New Dad City Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin P. And I've got a long drive home due to traffic in the afternoon. So I figured why not record something and talk and get a new episode out to you guys. But anyway, today at work, I found out that I would be reporting to my new facility on December 31st, which is good news. That aligns with everything that I've heard from other people who have medically hardshipped. And I'm, I'm just ecstatic that it's finally happened and things are happening. And I, I'm just very, very grateful. Do I wish that I could report sooner? Yeah, I do. But with the year-long battle that I've gone through for this, I don't want to poke the bear. I got what I wanted. I got what I needed, what my family needed, and that is the end goal. It's weird closing a chapter in this. It really is, because all I've known is denial. All I've known is, hey, we need this. Hey, we need that. Hey, it's not approved. Blah, 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 blah. But like I said before, and on here and to other people never give up and never stop fighting for whom or what you love because if you're honest you will get the result that you want and I did it just feels like there's just this giant weight lifted off my shoulders this giant sense of relief and I couldn't be more grateful for the people that helped, the people that I thought weren't helping but actually were helping behind the scenes. I'm forever grateful for them and for my wife being patient because I know it sucked on her end seeing us move and she's 20 minutes down the road from all of her doctors Meanwhile, I'm driving 90 minutes, sometimes two hours to work. But that's all coming to an end. But anyway, enough updates about me and the family. One thing I haven't really discussed was my personal experience with the pregnancy and birth. I've mentioned like snippets here and there of how things went or how I've done certain things. But I've never told the tale or shared the story of everything from the beginning so I guess I'll start so I'm not ashamed to say that I met my wife on online dating it was just some random thing where I talked about my buddy Mark he was like dude just just download one of the dating apps like you'll you might find somebody like, alright whatever and within an hour of doing it I got a notification and I went in there and it was like oh you have a like and I didn't pay for the premium subscription to it so anybody who liked me or swiped on me was blurry but I could tell that it was a white woman with red hair I was like oh okay so 
the first person that I see when I open the app is this white woman with red hair and she's absolutely gorgeous. I'm like, there's no way. So I swiped right on it and it was like, boom, it's a match. I was like, holy shit. So on Bumble, if nobody's familiar, the women have to message the men on there. And of course, in you know, what I would find out later is my wife's minimalist talking in her fashion. She sent a three-letter word that all women hate that men know, and it was, hey. I was like, oh, good, here we go. What a great conversation starter. And we kept, we, we talked, and, you know, we, we were very comfortable very, very quickly uh, just chatting and having this, you know, new conversation. And so anyway, I eventually it was like, you know, hey, I, I got to go into work tonight. That uh, I got to be there at like 10.15 and I work till 6 in the morning, 6.15 in the morning. Can I get your number? And she's like, yeah, sure. And she gave me her number right away. So there was like no, there was no hesitancy behind it. And I, you know, and as a gentleman, I gave her my number back and we... I exited out the app and started talk, texting her. And she was like, okay, well, you got to go to work. I'm going to go hang out with my friends at this uh, hole-in-the-wall bar. It was a place that she frequented in Winston. And I was like, all right, cool. She knew I, I already... See, the thing is with me in dating when I got sober is I didn't tell people I was in AA because there's a, you know, there's a big stereotype and stigma against it. And I understand that. I thought the same thing before I got into the program. So I just told her I don't drink. Like, yeah, I'm just kind of over it. I, I just don't do it anymore. And she she still did drink. And I just made sure I told her, like, yeah, that's, you know, I don't I don't really care. It doesn't bother me. And then just out of the out of nowhere, I thought, you know what? Like, I'm really into this girl right now. She's into me. She's super freaking hot. I'm just going to tell her I'm going to go meet her at the bar and then I'll just ride back to work. So I packed my things for work and I texted her. I said, you know what? I'm going to come see you tonight. I'm going to come hang out. And she was like, wait, what? And I continued on. Yeah, I'll, I'll come, I'll come out to silver moon and we can hang out for a little bit. It'll be a first little, little date or whatever. She was nervous. I could tell from her texting However, she was open to the idea. So I fed the dogs, let them out, got all my stuff in the car, and I drove 30 minutes west to this little hole-in-the-wall bar that looks like complete shit on the outside. And on the inside, you could tell that there was a lot of drugs done in these bathrooms, if you get what I'm saying. So I pull up. There's a parking spot on the side of the road, in the, you know, how you park it on, um, on the side of the road in the city, in busier cities. So I pulled up, and under the one light, I can't remember if it was a, a street light on like a telephone pole, if there was a overhang light from the bar entrance, but I saw the bright orange hair, and I knew that she was very, very petite and skinny. And typically, I used to go for darker-haired or blonde hairs, either way. Like, either like really dark, or I like really blonde hair and women who lift, like, you know, thicker-bodied women. And 
Erica is very petite. She's very thin, and she has right her her body features fit her her size and her frailness. And she stood up, and I saw her. And I was like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "There's no way. Like this girl has to be playing me, or this is going to be a booty call, one night stand thing, uh, whatever you want to call it." I was like, "There's no way she's interested in me." On her profile, it I had very limited stuff on there. It said my age. I think I said I had two French bulldogs, or yeah, two. I had French two two French bulldogs, and I think it said Christian or conservative. And on hers, she's very she's uh, she's very liberal in a social uh, sense. She, she wants, you know, equal rights for everybody and all that stuff. And I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I, always, I swear that I'll, I don't get into politics here. If anything, I'm more apolitical now. I believe more in morals and values than, you know, what team am I rooting for, you know? And that's as far as I'll get. You guys won't really hear me ever, ever preach for one side or the other. Because I think that takes away from the message that I'm trying to deliver here. So anyway, like I said, I think she's playing me. So I walk up to her. I'm like, or I text her when I'm in the car. I'm like, hey, I'm here. I'm in a gray Mazda. I was very transparent with her because I know how women can be, especially very pretty women. It's dark out at night, even though she's with her friends there. I still wanted to be very, very transparent and, I guess, a gentleman attitude and persona about me so I get out of the car and I walk up to her you know kind of I can't remember if I shook her hand or gave her a hug either way I was super nervous and she has very bright blue eyes so she had bright blue eyes very fair skin with all these tattoos and a very pretty smile and this blazing orange red hair you know come to find out that's not her natural hair her natural hair color is like an ashy brown which she hates so she dyes it all the time so we hit it off immediately. We get, uh, you know, I say hi to her friend, and we go inside and sit down. And she orders, I think, a shot of Fireball and uh, a PBR can. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like I used to drink that. Like she's got good taste. So all right, brownie points to you, Erica. And she's like, the bartender asked me, like, what do you have? I was like, ah, I, I got to work tonight, so I'll take a bottle of water and uh, and a Red Bull. So he gives it to me. She's like, she's like, besides working, like, you, she's like, you said you don't drink. Like, none of this bothers you sitting in here. And I'm like, no, it, it doesn't. And people who know alcoholism, there will find this funny. People who don't, don't worry about it. Just skip right over this joke. So she's like, well, why don't you drink anymore? He's like, all right, fuck. Well, how do I, how do I tell her that I don't drink, or why don't I drink? So I just plainly said, oh, it makes me sick. I don't feel good when I drink. Like, I, I don't know. And she replies, maybe you have an allergy. And I, inside, I'm roaring. I'm thinking this is the funniest damn thing because she has no idea what I really am because I'm not coming out and saying that in the open to push this beautiful girl away who I'm genuinely having a connection with for the first time in years of dating. And I'm just like, I kind of chuckle like, <laughs> Yeah, maybe I do. Maybe it's a maybe it's a, a gluten or a wheat allergy or something. Who knows? And it, that was it. 
we got our we got our beverages and we went out back and continued to chit chat and I was very honest with her. I didn't have a filter. I had learned over the years of dating that I was tired of masking myself and you know my morals, my values, my beliefs, my convictions, whatever you want to label them as, principles, you know, any of the, all the above. And she didn't say anything. She just kept on listening, and she was very engaged. And she didn't look at her phone. Like the only time we we had our phones is when we were sharing pictures of like our dogs or something, you know. And uh, it, the time came where it was like. Uh, I think it was like 9.30, and I was like, I got to go. I, you know, I want to get to work a little bit earlier, and I got to stop, get some food. So she walked me back to my car right out front, and we hugged each other. And she's going to hate me for saying it because she swears it was me that did it. You know, she leaned in and gave me a kiss, and she said, okay, I'll talk to you later. I was like, oh, shit. Like, this hot girl just leaned in and kissed me? Boy! Like, I'm in like Flint. Like, hell yeah! So, I drove off to work and I texted her until she, you know, fell asleep. I didn't want to interrupt her while she was hanging with her friends. And I don't think we hung out the next day. Because I worked, my mid-shift, my graveyard shift was Monday night into Tuesday. And I had off Wednesday, Thursday at the time. So I think she came over, that's what it was. She came over Thursday. But leading up to that, this is where it gets, I guess, it's funny on my part or fucked up, whatever you want to call it. Excuse my language, but this story has to be unfiltered. And excuse me while I take a drink. Mm. I love me some Diet Coke. So anyway, I had a date lined up with another girl that I matched on on one of these dating sites. I think I had like Hinge downloaded downloaded as well. Either way, another dating app. And I uh, I met up with her at some uh, restaurant slash bar downtown. And it was in the afternoon. And the thing that was, I, the thing was that she was a fun person to be around. She was a little bit younger. Eric is only two years younger than me, two and a half years younger than me. And this other girl was in her late 20s, and I was like, mm, I've dated girls that are this age gap, and it never worked. It, you know, just for me, it doesn't. I don't know why. And I think I had a bad taste in my mouth from my previous relationship to which I was engaged with a woman, and that didn't work out. No, no, no pointing fingers and blaming. And <laughs> on the off chance she happens to listen to this, there's nothing but adult respect between the two. We both did things that were not good for the relationship and it didn't work out. End of story. I wish her all the best. So while I'm trying to have conversation with this girl on this date, this new girl, girl B, I don't even remember her name, to be honest. Erica is texting me and I'm like, okay, um, all right, so like I'm trying to I'm trying not to be rude. I'm trying to give my full undivided attention to girl B cuz she's genuinely interested and she's trying to engage in conversation. I could tell that she was still young and like the party and I was like, "Fine, I don't I'm not into that." Like I'm I don't do that anymore. And she knew that I didn't drink and I couldn't really read her 
correctly if she if she was into it or not. But anyway, I was texting Erica the whole time. I knew right then and there that Erica was the girl that I was going to continue um, courting, I guess you could say is the proper word. Uh, but I definitely was interested in Erica more. And the, and towards the end of the, the date, like, the girl didn't seem interesting. She ordered another drink, and, like, I was just still ordering Cokes. I, uh, I had a baseball game, a local baseball game. My old supervisor in the military, now civilian, uh, was, in, was in town, and we went to see the, uh, the Grasshoppers play. I think the Greensboro Grasshoppers, I think they're called. And it's like a little minor league thing. So I got to hang out with James, and that girl knew where I was, the girl B, and I'm texting Erica this whole time because she's she's still at work, and she used to she used to cut hair. She used to be a barber of like eight to eight to ten years or something, um, probably even longer. But anyway, so girl B texts me while I'm there, and she's like, "Hey, I made a mistake. Like, I think we should hang out tonight." And I was like, "Sorry, I can't. Like, I'm with my buddy." At, that I haven't seen in years at this baseball game. And she's like, well, she said, what did she say? Oh, your friend can't give you the fun time that I can. And right then and there, I was just like, Ugh. like, and she, you could tell that she was like texting a little bit weird. So you could tell she was already drunk. And I'm like, this is going to lead to a bad time. Um, I don't want any consent issues going on here. So I said, Hey, like, sorry, but I'm not leaving this baseball game. I haven't seen my friend in a while, and he means a lot to me. And then we didn't talk after that. She was just like, fuck you, like, gone. I was like, all right, cool. I wasn't... I wanted to see Erica more anyway. So, Erica and I started dating. Like, seriously, right away. Like, she... I would go over to her house a few times, but she came over to my house more. I don't, I don't know why. Um... But she did, and we were hanging out right away, like, two times a week. Um, there was a funny instance where we were on my buddy Jonathan's boat out in Blues Lake, and I think he or his girlfriend or somebody on the boat was asking, like, oh, so, like, you guys are dating or something like that, or, like, you know, you got, like, Kevin's your boyfriend. And Erica, Erica said, she swears that I said, no, we're not, we're not official, we're just dating right now. And Erica told me if I didn't ask her to be her, my girlfriend the next day, she would have fucking backed her shit and left. She's like, I'm not doing this. I don't want to feel less. Like, I wanted to be your girlfriend so bad. And luckily, like, just by coincidence how the universe unraveled, I asked her the next day. Uh, <laughs> oh, I hope she hears this. And, oh, I can see the look on her face, her purse and her lips squinting her eyes at me. Uh, but, uh... But anyway, uh, yeah, we hit it off pretty quick. And we started, our first date was August 4th, 2021. And by January 11th, I woke up that morning. And uh, by the way, Erica's landlord was selling her house that she was renting uh, in, in like the new year, like in January. So Erica, Erica moved out in December and just kind of moved in with me. During us moving all of her shit, I knew already that Erica was the girl that I was going to marry and have a family with. And her dad happened to be there helping us move. So when everybody cleared out, I was like, hey, Randy, like, I, I got a question to ask. And me just saying this, you already know what it's going to be. I was like, I want to, 
ask if it's all right if I ask Erica to marry me. I know that it's early on, and but you know I'm not going to hide my feelings from you or anybody else. And he was like, he kind of grabbed me and laughed. He's like, brother, I've been waiting for you to ask this. I was like, damn, really? And he was like, he was like, yeah. He's like, I kind of have. He's like, I can see how you treat her and the way she looks at you, like you know. And Erica Pryor had been in a relationship for nine years, and she said she had been checked out for the last four. And there was nothing wrong. Apparently, this guy was awesome. And they just, there was no goals between them. You know, Erica, the, the guy never asked her to, to marry him. And it's just what they, he didn't want at the time, I guess. I don't know. I don't know the man, and I, I, there's no reason for me to, like, talk shit or anything. I have no place for that. So, um, I mean, it worked out for me. I, I found my wife. So January 11th, I woke up that morning, and the first thought I had that God put in my head was go get a ring, you're going to ask this girl to marry her when she gets home from work. So I did. And you can call it shitty, you can call it cheap, whatever. But I drove down to a pawn shop. And I was like, man, I know what spending three grand on a ring gets you. It doesn't get you, I do. So I was like, I had I had high hopes, but at the same time, like that subconscious demon was telling me like, hey man, don't like do anything special. Like, you know, you're going to get fucked again. But I, I kind of pushed that away, like, you know, get out of here, dummy. Like, I, this is going well. So so I found a ring, and I was like, oh, that one looks nice. And this pawn shop, I didn't say anything, but I Googled, like, the clarity and the size and um, the color and all this stuff. And they had this ring severely underpriced. It was, I forget what the letters were, but it was, like, some of the highest clarity and, and um, color on it for the size of the rock that's that was in it and it was like 800 bucks so i bought it and i after i bought it and got the receipt and signed and everything it was finally mine the, the proof of sale was mine and i owned that ring i was like i just took I, I probably just took three grand from you guys and they're like what do you mean and i said go ahead and look this up and then tell me and as i'm walking out i'm hearing them whispering behind the desk i was like oh these poor people but either way went home i lied to erica and said hey do you want anything from the grocery store that's where i'm at and she's like, yeah, so I, I mean, I, fuck, I have to go get this now. So I went and got it, and I went home. I'm waiting for her to get home. She rolls up. She sits down on the bar stools. Like, we lived in a one-bedroom apartment together that, you know, I had initially lived in before she moved in. And she's sitting on there just kind of decompressed from her work. She was, you know, her back and feet are sore. Her hands are sore from cutting hair from all these years. And she's sitting down. And I get, I immediately just go, all right, well, I've done this, I've done this before, so I wasn't scared to do it. So I was like, fuck it, it's now or never, and just do it. And I got on my knee and I like pulled, I, I like started talking, and she's just completely zoned out. She's so tired, she has no idea what I'm doing. And she goes, wait, what? And like she like interrupts me. I'm like, look, just shut up and listen. And I was like, look, this is what I'm doing. And I popped the case open. And she saw the ring and it still didn't register. It still didn't, she, she still didn't know what the hell was going on. And, and, uh, I was, oh, I, I'm just thinking about it now, how ridiculous it, what the whole scene was. Um, and, uh, and so anyway, I finally asked him like, look, do you want, I want to, I'm asking you, do you want to marry me? And she says, yes, of course. And like, you know, we kiss and all that. And, she calls her little sister. She calls her mom. We call my mom. She calls her little sister. Her sister's like throwing up by how like excited she is. And uh, we started wedding planning. Wedding planning 
took place over the next three, about four months, and we got married on May 21st, 2022. That was a shit show on the actual wedding. Uh, we chose a date on a weekend where 10 historical years there has been no rain, and we had a flash thunderstorm roll through, completely drenching the cow pasture besides uh, behind her dad's house that we were getting married in. And it was a blessing, honestly, looking back on it, because it went from being like in the low 80s and humid to now in the low 70s and humid. It really dropped the temperature. And then after that, everybody had a good time. I mean, the wedding started, was supposed to start at, I think, four or five, and it didn't start until like six. And then everybody was out of there by nine. It was a really short wedding, but it was awesome. We didn't need much. We didn't want much. Honestly, we were going to settle with a courthouse marriage, but with me being the oldest, my mom contested. With Erica being the oldest, her dad contested. So it's like, you know, fuck it. We'll, we'll get a group of people, which, you know, went from 20 to like, I think we had 120 guests total. I think 100 showed up that uh, were invited and RSVP'd. It was, it was a pretty good, pretty good showing. And then after that, we, we discussed the kid stuff. Erica was indifferent. She didn't want kids until she met me. She's told me this. And I was oh, okay, that makes me feel kind of good. Like, you see a father figure in me. And obviously, I'm a, doing a pretty damn good job as a husband that you want to have kids. So, swell. Well, unfortunately, the years of drinking took a giant shit on my reproductive system. And... I went to the doctors. I went to Phoenix Edge in High Point, North Carolina. Those people are awesome there. I love Phil, the, the doctor. I can't say his last name, but yes, he is Dr. Phil. And they did some blood work and they were like, hey, your fertility's crushed, your testosterone's crushed. I basically had the testosterone of a prepubescent girl and they chalked it up to my shift work and my work schedule being crappy for the last you know, what was I working ATC 12 years at the time or 13 years at the time and the copious amounts of ungodly amounts of alcohol I've been consuming. Luckily I had found, you know, I've been sober for a couple years now and I got right on a a drug called Clomid, which helps with fertility. And I was also on weekly test injections, which by the way, fellas, I'm not saying anything that you should do it. But if you feel like dog shit, <coughs> excuse me, and you can't explain why, your diet's good, you're exercising, but your sleep is shitty, you're always tired, there's no motivation, blah, 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 at least go to a hormone therapist and get your blood levels checked because getting put on that changed my life. And I'm not even on a high dose. I'm on very little, and it's changed my life completely. Um, but anyway, after I got on the Clomidin, it kicked in. I think we started trying to conceive around September, end of August, September, and we found out, I think, at the end of September. So it was pretty quick. It felt like forever, because every time we tried, it was like negative tests, negative tests, negative tests, and I was just getting, I was like, man, my balls don't work, my dick's broken, like, is there something wrong with her? So we got her tested, and she's completely normal, and I was just like, well, fuck it. Well, one day, it was a Saturday morning, excuse me, God, this Pepsi or Coke I'm drinking making me burp. It was either a Saturday or a Sunday morning, and uh, 
And I texted her because she kept forgetting and it was pissing me off because I just wanted to know every single morning when she woke up and did her morning morning PP that I guess that's the best time you're supposed to, to do pee on the stick. So I texted her in this morning. It's around like 9, 9.30. And I'm like, hey, did you take a pregnancy test? And she says, no, I forgot. Um, I'll do it next. I was like, all right, cool. Knowing her trend, that meant nothing to me because it's like, well, fuck, she forgot. And I was getting mad because I was like, you know, I want to find out. You're forgetting. And I was like a little heated for about 30 minutes. And then I kind of, kind of let it pass over. I was like, ah, she just forgot. There's no harm. We'll find out tomorrow or we'll find out in, you know, two hours whenever she has to be again. So I walk in the home, I walk in my apartment, I walk up the stairs and I turn the corner to the, the, the little open area. Like it's like an open concept apartment and on the little island sticking out from the wall and from the kitchen living room, I see a card and I'm like, okay, like, you know, what is this? And it has a bunch of stickers on it. And I'm like, okay, like maybe she's just saying, thank you. I love you type thing. And I open it up in big, bold neon letters in marker. It says, um, you're going to be a dad. And I fucking cried. Oh my, this wave of excitement and joy and even sadness and anger got just overwhelming. Like I was just filled with every single emotion ever. And I was like, tell me this is true. And she brought out the pregnancy test and all three of them were positive. I was like, oh my God, like, fuck yes. I was like, finally. And I was like, I don't, I don't have to take this drug no more. I don't have to take a pill. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, she's like, yeah. So, you know, the next day we, we call or I think it was the, whenever the next weekday was, we called the OB and we got a, we got a appointment set up and lo and behold, it was true. There was a, a tiny little, tiny little human growing inside my wife's belly. And, oh, what it was just it, it felt so surreal it felt surreal for months like i swear to you literal months um and the, the in the in the mat in the moment of those the pregnancy it went by super slow like seeing her now like i have to look at pictures to remember what she was like when she was big because you know when she got pregnant she was like a hundred pounds or you know, or maybe slightly under or above. And she's only like 5'2 or 5'3. And she ballooned up. Within like a month or two, like you could see her belly starting to poke a little bit. And oh, it was so adorable. And she was so cute being pregnant. Oh, she was so, so cute. But the one thing like <laughs> that she had and oh, I, I couldn't, there was nothing to help her was heartburn. And, you know, the, the old wives tale or myth was if you have a lot of heartburn, you know, your kid's going to have a head full of hair when he comes out. And, uh, he did. We got the 3d ultrasound, which I highly advise getting. That was a really cool experience. It's expensive, but definitely get it. It was a really cool experience. Um, oh, he had just, uh, the, the, the ultrasound tech was like, oh yeah, the, here's, here's your heartburn. And you see these like white little prickle, these white little spikes, and she's like, oh, he's got a head full of hair. Like, he is coming out full of hair. And Erica was like, mm, great. Like, I can't wait for this to end. Like, it is bad. Like, she was on, like, different prescriptions to get rid of it. She tried, you know, milk. Yo- I think even yogurt at one point. She hates yogurt. Like, she tried everything. 
and nothing worked. Like, you just have to endure it. Meanwhile, I'm, like, happy as shit that I get to be a dad, like, not gaining weight. And, uh, you know, she's miserable, like, trying to find a comfortable position on the couch or, or the, or the, or the, was it the couch or the, or the bed? Which, by the way, we haven't done the ritual of throwing them out, but I cannot wait to get rid of all those stupid body pillows. We bought, like, two or three of them and a wedge, and nothing worked. Like, it was comfortable for, I think, at first for, like, a day or two, and then it was like, nope, nope. And it just, ugh, they just took up so much stupid space. They were big and floppy and flimsy. Uh, but anyway, enough ranting about the, the body pillows. Um, the pregnancy for Erica was rough because she was so small and gained so much weight. Like, I think at the end of it, she had gained a total of, like, 60 pounds. And I, like, she was big. And luckily, she doesn't have, she might have, like, one or two stretch marks. And I really think that was, like, her taking care of her skin really well, um, using oatmeal baths and, and lotions. And, you know, I helped out with rubbing the, the, the coconut oil and the shea butter and doing that, like, four-step treatment you can get in a box. It, I, I really think it worked. Um, and she didn't get any sleep. She probably didn't get any sleep for like nine months, maybe a couple hours at a time. And then when he started really kicking and moving around, that boy that boy would sleep during the day. And as soon as you laid your head down to go to bed, that kid was up at night kicking around. Axel did not stop moving. And that was a cool thing. The first time you get to feel and move, oh boy, that was, it was so weird. It was like it was like um like a, a chest burster from Alien, like moving around, like him pushing against like her belly with his foot or his his hand it's like so creepy looking but so fascinating and cool at the same time and every chance I got to sit there and talk to him or or put my hand on him on uh, her belly and feel him move I did because I didn't want to I didn't want to not experience that and I, I highly suggest that anytime you get to experience like the stereotypical things like the ultrasounds the the um the uh, baby movement, anything like that, like really take the time to, to suck it in and take it in because it's something you don't get back, I guess, unless you have a, another kid. Um, but uh, yeah, her pregnancy was rough. And initially we discussed having two kids, but after all that, we've come to the conclusion that no, 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 one is good enough for now. And I know that a lot of you motherfuckers who are listening to this that already have kids are like, oh, well, they'll forget about it, and it'll be a lot easier. And I'm sure that other people have said this too, and maybe you've said it because you have multiple kids, but we are dead set on uh, not having kids. I haven't made the appointment to get my, my balls cut, and but it, no. I, I Especially with her mental, we're, I guess we're a little bit different. I'm sure other parents, uh, we're not the only ones who go, have gone through this, obviously. But with her mental diagnosis and all the stuff she goes through and how bad the postpartum's been, like, there's one, there's no way that I would beg her and put her through that to have another kid because I don't want to see her go through this crap again. It's just, it's it's not fair. Uh, and Axel's already a handful in himself because he's such a big kid and he's advancing. He's, he's about two months ahead of the curve uh, for what his pediatrician's saying in development and everything, so... I wouldn't be surprised if he, he's up and crawling within a month or, you know, right around Christmas. But moving on from the pregnancy, um, we are, let me, let me just talk a little bit about the baby registry. 
we we used Amazon, and Amazon was easy because anybody, anytime anybody ever bought something, it just boom shipped right to the house. Um, I don't know how Bye Bye Baby works, but we went and visited one of their stores, and they're just completely friggin' overpriced. There is no need for them to mark up all of their all of the product in there when you can go to Amazon or Target and get it for way cheaper. And Facebook Marketplace, I bought a bunch of Dr. Brown's bottles off of Marketplace. I think it was like 10 bottles for $10. And the woman wasn't having any kids anymore. So she was like, why do I need these? I'll sell them for real cheap. So I went and got met up with her and, you know, in like a Target shopping center and got them. And uh, we really like those bottles too. We really like Dr. Brown's. Um, the, we have these even flow bottles that they don't make anymore. They went from tall and slender and a smaller nipple to now short and stubby and fat with a fat nipple. And I don't know what it is, but Axel just does not like them. And they flow weird, even though they're like the same level as the other ones. But they're, they're piles of shit. Um, I don't like them. We didn't like Phillips either. Phillips was stupid the way that their bottles are set up uh, with the with the anti-colic flap in there. Oh, it was just dumb. Some of these bottles just, they're way overthought. Uh, but, yeah. So, anyway, moving on to the birth phase, I guess. Uh, pregnancy wasn't much to talk about except for how much it sucked for her and I couldn't do anything to help her um, but rub lotion and do those treatments I think it really helps <coughs> anyway so I was on it was a Thursday because I, I switched to Tuesday Wednesday by this point uh, for my days off like once in 2023 I, I changed my regular days off to Tuesday Wednesday and I think it was a Thursday morning around like 10 and Erica was laying on the couch she was hurting got up to pee and I noticed that there was a long wet line on the couch and on the blanket that she was laying on I was like uh baby that the blanket's kind of soaked she was like oh it's probably nothing it's just amniotic fluid like it's normal like or my plug my plug is falling out whatever the fuck that means um uh so I said, no, 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 that, that doesn't, I don't give a shit. Like that's a lot of fluid. We're going to call the doctor. So she called the, uh, her OB and she was like, yeah, I, I think, I don't know if my water broke, but there's a lot of fluid coming out and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm four weeks, I'm four weeks from full term. No, what was it? Five weeks. I think he was, no, four, it was four, um, four weeks from, from full term. And they were like, okay, yeah, like, you know, this is the time where things happen. So like, get in here. So I, I called work and, you know, I told them, hey, show me on sick. Like, I think, I think Erica's water broke. And we, we went in and her, we got called back almost immediately, which was awesome. And her gyno, you know, did the ultrasound, looked up there and he goes, he goes, all right, I'll go ahead and call Forsyth and let them know you're coming over. I mean, Erica kind of looked at each other and looked back at the doctor, and Erica goes, oh, call who? Call who? He's like, the hospital, Forsyth. Like, I'm going to let them know that you're coming over. And she goes, why? He goes, oh, you're having a baby. <laughs> and the look on Erica's face was just her jaw dropped. She went ghastly white, like she had just seen a ghost. And, like, you know, you could hear her gulp with how terrified she she was and she was like I'm having a baby 
He goes, yeah, like your water's not fully broke, but there's a tear and you know, your, your water is definitely leaking. So I'm going to go ahead and call the, 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 I guess the birth department or whatever, uh, and let them, and let them know that you're on your way. So luckily against Erica's will, I had packed the damn bags before we left just in case. And what we, I brought them with us. So we had everything we needed. The only thing we didn't is I called a, I called a friend to go take care of, uh, Charles, Charles Ripley and Co. We had Cody now, uh, the, the three Frenchies at the apartment. You know, I, you know, we made our phone calls to, you know, our parents, our, you know, our siblings, like, Hey, it's, it's freaking go time. Like we're about to be parents, like blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we show up to the hospital, they admit her real quick and, you know, they do their examination. They're like, all right, well, you're only about, I think they said two centimeters dilated, which is absolutely nothing. So we'll just let you do this naturally. And I think we checked at the hospital around noon or noon 30. And, um, yeah, uh, long story short, Erica, you know, Axel was born at 555 the next morning. I think, uh, so Erica's water didn't break initially when, you know, they had to, cause they gave her that, um, I think it's called Pitocin to get her, cause she wasn't dilating. Like this kid refused to, to fucking come out, uh, initially. Um, and they gave her that and, uh, his heart rate dropped. So they pulled it back and we're like, all right, no more Pitocin. They gave her the epidural, um, just to be ready. And I'm laying on my side on the woe is me shitty hospital bed. I've got my iPad plugged in through an extension cord across the the hospital room. I've got it's I got my iPad turned sideways uh, on stacked on top of our uh, our suitcases, and I'm watching Lord of the Rings extended versions. And if anybody knows anything about those movies, they're long. They're like four hours long. I got through Fellowship of the Ring or um, the Two Towers, and then I was halfway through Return of the King, right when the battle's about to commence, and Erica's like, I've got my AirPods in on noise cancellation, so I can't hear anything, and Erica's waving her hands frantically, and I finally catch it out of the corner of my eye, and I'm like, I pull my earphones and I go, what do you want, <coughs> and she goes, I'm really hurt, my, my water definitely just broke, it's leaking everywhere, and I like looked up, and I was like, oh shit, like, it's fucking go time, baby, let's fucking go, you know, I'm hyped up as a dad, like, you know, uh, my boy's coming finally. And I, I, she calls the nurse, and I was like, no, fuck that, I'm running out there. So I ran out there, and I was like, hey, Erica, my, you know, my wife's just, water just broke, like, you know, can we get somebody in there? And I think her water broke, and they they got her, and they got her fully dilated at, like, 4.15. And she was pushing, I think, from, like, four, around 4.15 to 4.30 in the morning to 5.55, and that's when Axel, Axel was born. And a little bit about that too. Everybody, I, I got a mixed bag, honestly, but everybody that said, watch your kid be born. Every, everyone that said that said, you need to, it's, it was the greatest experience of my life. Some people said life-changing and I won't agree with that. It, it probably was the greatest experience. Like the top three greatest experiences I have in my life is number one, getting sober, because without getting sober, I wouldn't have any of this now. Number two was marrying my wife, and number three was my son being born. Like, top three, nothing fucking compares. And I, I will take that to my grave. And 
Erica was like, no, I don't want you to look. Okay, I don't care what you look. She was indifferent. She didn't care. Um, I was on her left side pulling her leg back while the, the nurse was holding her other one. She was pushing. And she had, like, the little clamp, like, the little hooks. Like, she was pulling, holding on to the pool. It was like, oh, boy, like, this is rough. And she can't feel anything from the legs down because she was just loaded up on the epidural. Um, but for some reason, you know, biological mother, biological female, anatomy instinct, whatever you want to call it, just knew to push. And, uh, and they got the doctor in and the doctor was like, all right, like he's, he's coming down and I, you know, I see him in there and I, I had to use the bathroom. Like he wasn't ready to fully come out and I'm walking by and I look down and I just see his blue little head and all the hair like down there. Like when the nurse is looking around and I'm like, oh shit, like what the fuck? Like I didn't hide my reaction, which I probably should have. And Erica's like, what? And I was like, nothing, nothing. And I went back there and I came back and I'm excited. You know, I finally get to be a dad and a father. And I'm like, I saw the top of his head. Like I saw him crowning. Like he's, he's got a shit ton of hair. And she goes, oh, I know. I've had the heartburn. Did you forget? And I was like, oh, sorry. She's like, shut up. I got to concentrate. She was just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and she didn't want me talking to her at all. She needed to focus, which I completely ignored. Um, but and then, you know, as, as she's, as the doctor's delivering and Erica's pushing, like, his shoulders come out, and I peek, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, his little cute cone head, you know, he looks just like me, like, it was super freaking creepy, and, uh, <laughs> and she's like, one last push, and she brought him out and held him up, and Erica's just exhausted, and we're like, oh, my God, like, you know, and I, I watched everything. I peeked around and watched all of it. Like, and I'm so glad I did because it is a miracle. It is just something that you will never, ever get to witness again because God forbid something happens physically where neither of you can have kids or anything else. Like, I highly suggest peeking your head around the corner and watching your, your son or daughter come into this world. And then they were like, do you want to cut the cord? And I was like, absolutely. And I got up there and I played surgeon like, you know, I am a surgeon, <laughs> um, and, and uh, I cut the cord, and, you know, he didn't cry for a minute, we were kind of worried, and all of a sudden you heard him start wailing, they cleaned him out, you know, cleaned him off, and cleaned his, his nose and mouth out, and lungs and stuff, and they brought him over, and Erica got to have that first skin-to-skin -skin contact, and it was absolutely amazing, and I, I just, I remember sitting there just in tears, like, holy shit, baby, you did it, like, you 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 gave birth like that's like the ultimate feat a woman can do in you know my eyes you know guys can't give birth you know where are we going to shit it out like our dicks our, our buttholes like no like we don't have the we don't have the, the the parts or the capacity to do it and all you can be there and fellas you're going to feel this way you're going to feel completely fucking useless and worthless in there because you literally can't do anything but cheer your wife on or you're laying around while she's in pain doing absolutely nothing except like snacking and drinking and going to the bathroom. Hey, do you need anything? You know? Um, so if you, if you have that sensation or that emotion of feeling completely useless, that is completely normal. Do not beat yourself up about it. And Erica said immediately once he came out that the heartburn was gone. Like the heartburn immediately once he exited her body, like boom, heartburn, cease to exist and uh and yeah and that was that was pretty much it i mean they took him they took him away for a minute while we transferred 
transferred room so they could clean him up, wrap him up and everything, make, do blood work and stuff just to make sure he was stable. And he was. Um, but what I'll get into into the part two of this, uh, the zero to now months, I'm probably just going to condense them, honestly. I said that in the very beginning of the creation of this podcast, I would do month by month, but I don't think I need to um, go on. I'll, I'll give some, uh, it'll be a nice long form content for those those people who like the long, longer episodes. And uh, it, obviously it'll kill time with me driving in the car. But uh, in the next episode, I'll talk about that. I'll talk about the Nick U stay we had there, his, his glucose was low because Axel was four weeks early. He was what they, they he wasn't premature. He's what they called preterm. Um, and then he experienced jaundice, which was super heartbreaking to see. Um, but it was only a week and we got through it, you know, thank God. And here we are now. He's a, a chubby little healthy six month old or going on six month old is five months in a week. But anyway, that's my journey. And that's my wife, me and my wife's journey from meeting to uh, a quick, will you marry me, to I do, to having kids. And it went by super fast, but I would not change a damn thing about it. And we just keep on fighting every single day to better ourselves as parents, to open communication, everything I talk about on here. I would not change my fucking life for any fucking thing. Not. It's amazing. I love being a dad. I love being a husband. Even though that the, there are tough times, the good times definitely trump it. And remember what I said about optimism. It's knowing good things are going to happen, but you just have to trudge along the way and experience the misery. And there's speed bumps, but good things, there is the light at the end of the tunnel. And with that, I appreciate you guys tuning in to this almost 50, well, it is 50 minutes now, podcast. Um, I hope you guys like the long form stuff. I like getting all the story stuff out there. I've never really told this on here. And um, I hope that anything that I shared with you guys, as always, uh, can help. And if you've experienced anything, drop it down below in the what did you think about this episode. I think that's the question it asks in Spotify. You can find me on most socials, uh, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. I post on those pretty regularly. And the handle's at New Dad City. If you like the episode, please share it. Give it to a new dad who is struggling, has no idea if you think this is some good information. If not, oh well. Uh, I appreciate you listening anyway. But um, I will be continuing. We have 53 days until December 31st. And I will be continuing the episodes daily until then. And until tomorrow when another one is published, keep on dadding, fellas.